today on the New Year's edition of the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Carnival Cruise Lines names Emeril Lagasse Chief Culinary Officer and capping what is arguably the biggest domestic travel story of the year, Southwest Airlines is back in the sky. We'll talk about Southwest and how they recover next in the news. And we will treat you to replays of two of our favorite interviews for 2022. Back in February, during a hip replacement operation, one of the nurses treating me was a traveling nurse, traveling from city to city during the pandemic. We have his story at 320. And in the second half of the show, we take you to Nevada for a two-part story about some of the most unique, quirky, and interesting places to visit in the state. Happy New Year to all. Thank you for joining us on this holiday edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. Welcome to the uh, very first edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys 2023. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark, it's been a week. We did the Christmas thing last week. Now it's it's a brand new year, and boy, how things have changed in a week, haven't they? Yeah, we are the yeah we are the holiday guys this this time around. I had a chance to travel a little bit. Um, This past week, uh, back to St. Louis and back to Sacramento through Denver. So I got an opportunity to uh, go through a couple of Southwest hubs as, of course, they've been the big story all week. So um, and we are going to talk a little bit about Southwest Airlines and how they recover and what do we think happens from here um, as we get into the news. All right. Let's uh, do a little bit of travel news, something we do at the top of every show. You can expect it. And the news. This Mark Hoffman brings us up to date on, on some of the news of this past week. Mark? Well, quick, uh, fairly quiet week in the travel industry. If you didn't have a ticket on Southwest Airlines, Carnival Cruise Lines, we mentioned in the headlines there, has named Enrolty its chief culinary officer. Sounds like a big headline. What does a chief culinary officer do? Well, uh, the president of Carnival Cruise Line says that food is key to the fun of a Carnival cruise. And Emerald's restaurants on our two ships have been a great addition to our dining offering, and guests rave about the food. So uh, Emerald will be on board some of the ships now, giving uh, lectures and doing some culinary-related things. So if you're planning a, a cruise with Carnival Cruise Lines, or if you're not, which they're hoping this headline will will cause you to have to, to, to start planning, um, Emerald Agassi will be uh, working more visible for Carnival Cruise Lines uh, going forward. Colette Tours, one of the oldest tour operators in the country, is uh, offering s- some smaller group tours. Instead of moving 40 and 50 people around in a group, uh, Colette is looking at packages that, that travel with 20, 25 people. 
dare I say, a local tour operator has been doing that for a while. <clears throat> Anyways, they didn't reinvent the wheel. They just are acting like they did. And finally, Southwest Airlines has announced resources for flight cancellations, refunds, and lost baggage. Um, this is going to be uh, a mountainous task. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who need to be made whole. There also are probably a lot of people out there who right now are trying to figure out how they can cheat Southwest Airlines out of some bucks in this situation. So their CEO has apologized. Their planes are back in the sky, kind of, sort of. A little rough going uh, when they got started up on Friday morning, but uh, things are, are slowly Returning to normal, of course, Southwest still has that computer system that is incredibly outdated, which they say was uh, the gist of what happened to them over the last week and a half. So hope for no big snowstorms in Southwest hub airports if you're flying them. We're, as I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And that is your travel news for today. And uh, don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com is where you go to find links to our special guests and a lot more on a regular basis. Boy, I'll tell you, Mark, uh, the, the I don't know pretty much anybody, even if they weren't flying on Southwest uh, to go someplace, they were affected in one way or another, too. Let me give you an example, Tom. Uh, in St. Louis, when I went to rent a car and I'm traveling on the shuttle, and I'm, of course, I'm asking questions of everybody I'm interacting with all along the way to trying to find out what their stories are and, and what they experienced during all of this. And the guy in St. Louis said, yeah, now St. Louis, to let you know, was a big Southwest station. So when their flights were canceled, the rental cars were where a lot of people turned. Um, he said at one point they had almost 50 people in line for rental cars at Hertz, and they had 14 cars left. Um, he said the lines were an hour to two hours long. So even people who had no problems with Southwest, to your point, were impacted by this. Because if you had a car rental, you had any kind of an issue, and you couldn't just go and get in your car, have the keys and drive away, and you needed to talk to somebody. Now you were in this terribly long line. This is going to cost Southwest a lot of money to fix this. In 2021, Tom, they had a meltdown. Um, it cost them about $75 million. It wasn't anywhere near this today. And so um, they've said they're going to try to make people whole. You had have had kind of an interesting situation because you've had some grandkids in town um, who needed to fly as unaccompanied minors. Um, how has that worked out? Well, uh, unaccompanied minors, as it stands right uh, towards the end of the week there, uh, they were not allowed to fly because they didn't have enough flight attendants to take care of them. So they they were, you had to make other arrangements. You had to make sure that you had an adult that wanted to uh, take a day and accompany them all the way back to Austin, Texas, turn around and get on a plane and come all the way back, and uh, which is a pretty major inconvenience. Uh, it, it we got the flight canceled two cost. different times. We and, and an extra cost for sure. You know the thing is, is that uh, it, we were inconvenienced because of that. But the kids were here with us. We got to spend an extra week with our grandkids, which was it was okay with us. But uh, Mama back in Austin is uh, chomping at the bit to get her kids back. So it could have been a lot worse. People had a lot worse situations. But if you have unaccompanied minors that are going to travel, you know, you better be use the F word. You better be flexible and have a have a backup plan because uh, at any time it can change, like everyone has said. Yeah. 
That's that's absolutely right. Now, it, 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 what remains is Southwest has said they will go, they will take whatever steps they do to make people whole. Um, government officials, Pete Buttigieg has said um, that's what he expects them to do, and he's going to be watching them. The question becomes, how deep will they go to make people whole? Um, you know, what expenses Southwest has said, send us your receipts. Um, I don't doubt that a lot of people have a lot of expense. You have a perfect example there, somebody who's had to buy an expensive ticket to fly with the kids if they can't fly by themselves. And so you expect to be to be compensated for that ticket. That's a fairly easy thing. It's a ticket you bought from them. It's pretty easy to explain. But there are going to be a lot of people who have expenses, I think, that are going to be harder. There are also going to be a lot of people who are trying to take advantage of the situation to cheat the airline. Um, out of money. So it's going to be an interesting situation. I guess what I would like to share is what I think will happen next here, Tom. Um, Southwest, remember, has their genius at marketing, or at least they have been in the past. We're in the middle of the winter. There are airline seats that are going to go empty. So my prediction is that Southwest is going to go back to people like you and try their very best to make you as whole as they can. Let me ask you something. If they sent you two free tickets for the grandkids to make a trip to Sacramento and sent you a, a free ticket for all of the trouble that you've been through, would you consider that adequate compensation? Only if I knew that uh, some of the things that caused the meltdown this time around has been uh, addressed. And then uh. the answer is probably yes. Well, I think that that's what's going to happen, that Southwest is going to reach out to people because they've got some seats. I think you're also going to see the most phenomenal airline ticket sale that perhaps that you've ever seen um, in the next six to eight weeks. Because, again, it's inner time. But you also also have to remember that Southwest has that same computer system that caused the problems, and it's not fixed yet. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, uh, we're you know uh, we got a weird show today. Uh, we're going to get to an interview that we did last year that we know you're going to enjoy. Uh, it's about a traveling nurse. In fact, it was Mark's traveling nurse. I think you'll like this. And then on the back half, we're going to go to the state of Nevada for a two-parter. It's all coming up. Thanks for joining us on the New Year's Day edition of the Travel Guys. We continue. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Reminding you, uh, you can uh, follow along links to our special guests and much more to make you a smarter traveler at TravelGuysRadio.com. And uh, we take a little bit different direction here with the Travel Guys today, as we've already discussed on the program. Uh, Mark uh, had a uh, hip replacement this past Monday and is recovering quite nicely. And during that time... He lined up a special guest for us to uh, have on the program today, and and so you're wondering, I wonder what that's going to be. Mark, who do we have and why? Well, um, hovering over me, over me sometime uh, Monday night was traveling nurse uh, Jamie Nellison, and Jamie is joining us here on the Travel Guys. Jamie, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. In the course of... Of providing my care on Monday night and doing it quite well, um, we got into a little conversation. And um, as he was doing whatever it is that nurses do to people who have just been who had their bodies ripped to, ripped to shreds that afternoon, and uh, so in the course of our conversation, Jamie mentioned that he was a traveling nurse, and so I thought that was entertaining. Do you know what that is, Tom? I don't. I'm, I'm glad you brought Jamie on when you told me. That uh, that you had this lined up, I'm I've been racking my brain and I didn't bother to look it up. 
But uh, exactly what is a traveling nurse, uh, Jamie? Okay, well, uh, basically I'm a nurse that goes from hospital to hospital. Uh, wherever there is a need, uh, there's a shortage of nurses, especially during this pandemic. There is definitely a shortage of nurses. And I kind of fell in, jump in as, as a team player and, you know, help out whenever I can. And usually the assignments can be as short as two or three weeks, but normally they're about three months. Every hospital must have different systems and different ways of doing things. Does that make it a little bit difficult to just kind of step in and be a member of the team? It makes it a little challenging. Um, You know how it's, it's really hard to kind of do, it's kind of change the way you do your job. Well, my job is pretty much all about change. So, um, you know, I, and I try and really be a team player, and, and I'm there to help. That's, you know, that's what I do. Jamie, do you have a home base? Oh, yep. I, I actually live in Texas, uh, just uh, northeast of Fort Worth area. Okay. And, uh, and where- how, do, uh, how, do you, uh, how do you acquire your assignments as to what hospitals are shorthanded and need your services? Okay, well, we have, there's, there's a bunch of travel nursing agencies out there um, that are always looking for travel nurses to fill spots. And I have, I have multiple because I go all the way across the United States. And one of the reasons I planted myself in Texas, other than my family there, is I can go to the East Coast or I can go to the West Coast. And so during COVID, where are, where are some of the places that you've gone in the last couple of years? Besides, obviously, besides uh, Woodland, California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I've been, I just named some of the states, uh, California, Arizona, Texas, Virginia, Maryland, um, up and down, all, all, all around the southern borders. And, um, you know, I would like wherever there's a need, um, I usually able to there's always jobs there's always a, you know a demand oh i would but, imagine you know, especially especially right now is there any place in particular that you've been that that stood out to you culturally or oh. just you said you well, know wow I, I might like to come I, back and live here someday yeah um maryland baltimore maryland uh johns hopkins is hmm. a fantastic hospital it's one of the best in the united states and it's uh, it was one of my favorite places to go it it's a city all by itself. Wow, wow. Now, Jamie, when you, you obviously, a traveling nurse, there, there, is there a higher skill set involved here, or is there more, do you have to have more schooling? I mean, I'm guessing that this, this job obviously must pay more than an av- than a typical it, nursing well, position. Yeah, it, it does pay. Yeah, it's got its pros and it's got its cons. Um, it does pay a little bit more. Um, and you get reimbursed for housing and living expenses, um, but then you don't get time off. There's no vacation. Um, you don't get um, a retirement pension fund. Uh, but on the plus side, I can take off three months and build my nieces a treehouse. <laughs> you know, uh, they, when they were growing up, I said, you know what? They need a treehouse. And so I, I spent three months building a treehouse in their backyard. <laughs> you know, you were uh, you, you're saying that uh, because you're, you know, I guess kind of temporary and you you 
you're the hired gun uh, that you don't get time off, uh, vacation, whatever. Uh, so with that being said, I'm trying to imagine what uh, how many do you work seven days a week for for how long you indicated that some of your some of your uh, stays at uh, hospitals that you travel to uh, can be uh, months uh, at a time. So do, do you do you get a little bit of respite in there somehow? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't work uh, seven days a week. I usually work between three and four days a week, just like another staff member. I see. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm there to fill in a a spot where you know somebody's out on maternity leave, or someone has just retired, or they moved to a different part of the hospital, and you know this this part of the hospital is you know in in need of another one or two nurses and so i fill in for that spot as uh, since i've been doing this for so long i'm i'm technically a telemetry step down nurse but i do med surge i've worked in the er uh rarely i'll do the icu um neuro it's because i've been doing this so long i can pretty much flexibly and confidently be able to work in different parts of the hospital but, our guest know, is it, it, uh, our guest is Jamie Nellison. Jamie is a traveling nurse who I happened to meet at Woodland Memorial Hospital this week. He's telling us a little bit about um, about his job. Um, Jamie, during COVID, now when I met you, we were in a, a, a non COVID environment in the hospital. Have you been in COVID environments during the pandemic as you've moved from hospital to hospital? Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, uh, Woodland has a COVID floor. Uh, that the nurses rotate in and out of. So it's just a floor that has all COVID patients. So I have to ask, uh, you know, Mark's fans, which there are thousands of, uh, are going to want to know, is he, is he, uh, was he a troublesome patient? Was he highly demanding, just like he is in real life? (laughs) Of course, that is real life, too, isn't it? (laughs) really kind of is but no he was a, he was a pleasure it was uh you know like i said i try and treat all my patients like i would want my family to be treated so he he's now an extension of my family yeah well i don't always treat my family like i should i <laughs> i don't i don't want to put i don't want jamie i don't want to put you in that category for jamie sure. treated well, me actually should... a lot a lot better than my co-host <laughs> on the radio um, treats me. Of course, Jamie and I were in, 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 in more intimate situations, shall we say, you know, a few hours after surgery and stuff like that. He was kind enough. We won't go into great detail on the radio, but he was kind enough to come up with a solution to a problem that um, really made me a tremendously amount, a lot more comfortable. So I was very I was was very glad for his uh, contribution, and I really thank you, um, Jamie, for for taking a few minutes with us with us today. Before we let you go, is there anything about what you do that you would like to share with people um, on the radio here? Is there something that drove you to be this type of nurse, or is there something that's more rewarding about this, or just something about your profession that you'd like to share? Uh, well, you know, actually, I would say I would suggest that all. All new nurses, all nurses go out and travel for a year to get the experience because one hospital is not the world. You know, every hospital is different and you pick up better things to do and better ways to do them. Uh, The reason that I did this is I went out to find the perfect hospital and I'm still kind of searching. (laughs) 
One last question. When you end up having to go to a hospital, any advice to patients as to how to act, uh, how to treat nurses, any things that really, any buttons not to push, uh, any suggestions there, Jamie? Good question. Good question. Um, You know, you you think that the squeaky wheel uh, gets the the oil, um, (laughs) it's kind of reversed in the nursing field. I mean, if you're screaming and yelling and, and causing a big ruckus, the nurses tend to want to stay away from you. And so... The kinder you are to your nurses, the more they're going to reciprocate that. And um, they'll bend over backwards for you if they really like you. And if you're a pain in the cookie, they will just want to stay away and, and, and leave you be. But, you know, we are there to help. And when people are stressed, they react differently. You know, I mean, you have a, a grandmother that, uh, you know, at home is the most loving, caring person, but when she's in the hospital, she's freaking out. And so yeah. we have to, you know, have to be aware of that, but uh, on the other side, we're all human. The freaking go. out part, now we're getting a lot closer to Mark's behavior um, in the <laughs> hospital. Jamie, before we let you go, what's your, where's your favorite place to travel to? What's your favorite place to, that you've been on vacation so far? Uh, favorite place to, I've been, I'm a, I'm one of those outdoor campy, uh, anything in the mountains type person. I, I love, you know, the open fresh air, lots of trees, uh, lake. My favorite place I probably would say Eagle Lake, California. Hmm. Ah, okay. Well, and Tom, I would suggest after being around all of us people, um, I can see why somebody, uh. I can would like to would want to go outdoors. Thank you, my friend, for your time today. Um, really, really appreciate it. Appreciate the great care in the hospital, and really appreciate you going the extra mile and being willing to talk a little bit about about what you do. Well, it's my pleasure, Mark, and uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks to our traveling nurse. Coming up next on our New Year's Day program, we're going to take a look back in an interview we had with some folks from Nevada where we talked about some of the quirky, iconic things that you can see traveling throughout the state. That's coming up next here on The Travel Guys. Welcome. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, You Follow along with uh, links to our special guests and lots more at TravelGuysRadio.com. You know, Mark, we talk a lot about our neighboring state of Nevada and all the cool things there are to do. And it just seems like we never run out of new material and and great guests to have on the program. Isn't that right? Well, the thing about Nevada is that it's it's sort of one end of the spectrum or the other. If you really want excitement, there are places in Nevada where there's like nonstop excitement 24-7, 365. And then there are places in Nevada where there is no excitement 24-7, 365. And in the middle between all of those places are the, is this whole group of amazingly wonderful places in Nevada, like Highway 50 across Nevada. Well, Highway 50 goes across Lots of states on its way all the way to the East Coast. So what makes Nevada so special? But that's just kind of our neighbor here um, to the east has all of these, in my opinion, really cool places to visit. And some of them are all by themselves. So you have to you have to really want to be able to go mm-hmm. um, to, to, to find some of these places. So this list come, came out of the, of the inaugural seven weirdest wonders list of Nevada. So. 
We got a hold of Tracy Barthouse, and Tracy's with Travel Nevada. She's been with us before, and so that we could talk a little bit about some of these crazy places, a couple of which I know about, but a couple of which I am dying to know more about, because folks who have traveled with me know I love off-the-beaten-track places. I, absolutely, and, uh, you know, well, let's get to it. Uh, Tracy, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm super excited to talk about this with you guys. So, Tracy, there is... um this list is really wide ranging. There is a country inside Nevada, which I didn't really know about, a sovereign country. Seriously. And it's not too far from, from uh, the capital city of Carson City. Tell us about the Republic of Malaysia. Is that, am I pronouncing it right? You are correct. The Republic of Malaysia. Yes, it is a micronation that has been declared a micronation right in the heart of Dayton, Nevada, which is just um, near the capital city of Carson City back in 1977. So it's enjoyed its micronation status for quite a while. You know, it has its own president, the Excellency Kevin Bond, his first lady wife, and um, they welcome tour groups of people who can come in. You can get your passport stamps to enter the micronation and really explore, you know, the customs and traditions that make it what it is. Well, I have to ask right off uh, if it's a if it's a sovereign nation started back in 1977, you know, and there's always been talk of different parts of the country uh, seceding from the nation and creating their own states. But I've never heard of uh, somebody uh, creating a an actual little nation. Uh, how do you know how this came about? It's considered a developing nation. So they don't have paved roads, hospitals, anything like that. It's a, it's a developing nation. Third they world. have established their currency, um, which is tied to the value of this cookie dough, which, <laughs> which is super fun. Um, but, yeah, it's considered you, a developing you, hey, nation. Hold, hold, on, hold on, Tracy. Did you get that, Tom? The currency, the value of the currency is tied to cookie dough. Cook, I wasn't sure what she said. I thought she saw. I thought she said casino dough, <laughs> cook, cook, which it's would make tied, sense. Cook. It's tied to cookie dough. And before you get, you know, before you, she was talking about, you know, hospitals and infrastructure and stuff. The whole country is six point three acres. Okay. So Correct. just to, to give you some kind of an idea there. I'm I'm sorry, Tracy. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just wanted to make sure that oh. Tom was traveling the same road we were. All right, cookie dough. Oh, all right. Continue yes. on. Yeah, they even even have their own kind of laws of things that are, are not allowed in the micronation, including firearms, tobacco, plastic shopping bags, catfish, spinach, <laughs> onions. They're all considered contraband in this micronation. So it's a super fun place to visit. Um, you Like I said, you can go and take a tour and get your passport stamped and, and meet the meet the president and the first lady and really have a, a fun experience out there. Tracy, um, just down the road from Carson City a ways um, is a wonderful place called Goldfield, which is a stop on our Ghost Towns of Nevada tour. And there's lots of great things there. But I did not know about the International Car Forest of the Last Church, which is in yes. Goldfield. I, I, I'm, I've read about it here. I'm speechless. Share with our audience, if you would. Yep. So the International Car Forest of the Last Church is located right off the highway. You might be driving along in the desert in Nevada and glance off to the side of the road and see a bunch of vehicles that have been planted into the earth and are standing upright um, with the, you know, the tails in the air. And 
what has happened is artists have come and, you know, added some art to these cars. And you can walk around, and um, I think there's more than 40 now. Um, and you can walk around and see the artwork and um, check it all out. It's a lot of a lot of fun place to stop when you're driving between Reno and Las Vegas is what that road is, is on. Well, if you're fixated with cars buried in the ground, like along Route 66 at the, uh-huh. what's it called, the Rabbit Farm or Rabbit Ranch, and then there's the... Rabbit the, Ranch, and then there's the, good, the, Then there's the, uh, the, the one with the Cadillacs... Uh, out in Texas, yeah. So here again, you don't have to go that far now. You can just go up Carson City and down the road a ways, and, and there's the the field of dreams. I mean, the field well, of, of you buried cars. You could spend half a day, depending on how crazy you really are, you could spend a lot of time in Goldfield because it is an old ghost town, and there's a lot of fun things to see there. So this is just... This is just like the coup de gras. This is just the, 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 the top of, of the cake, if you would, adding another attraction to Goldfield. In between Goldfield and the new country that we just found a few minutes ago up by Carson City <laughs> is Tonopah, which has – good lord, you could have – Tonopah could have its own seven weirdest wonders list. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and we're still talking about the people who live there. Um, but it also has the Clown Motel. Patracy, yes, please, please share your version of the Clown Motel. So the Clown Motel is a great little place. They have thousands upon thousands of clown memorabilia in the lobby and in the rooms. Um, if you are interested in seeing clowns, go in and check it out. Definitely stop in the lobby and check it out. Um, you can walk around, and it's it's quite a tourist tourist attraction. Totally a must stop when you're when you're driving through. Cool, cool. It's now is is this something that you? Um, I mean, I know the Clown Motel is a place that you can stay in Tonopah, Tracy. But is it? Do they welcome folks to just come in and take pictures? And you are invited to come into the lobby. It has to be probably the largest collection of clown figurines out there. I'm not sure if that's. It has to be. I, ha- I think it has to be. Um, but yeah, you can absolutely go into the lobby and and look around. The owners absolutely appreciate that and love seeing visitors come in and and check out the. Um, the figurines they've collected over the years. There are so many clowns, Tom. I know a couple people for whom um, clowns frighten some people. Sure they do, yeah. And when you have a whole lot of clowns in one place, some people won't. They have no interest in going into a place like that. Or, yeah, I can or believe anything. it. I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's really kind of a... Kind of a bizarre sort of uh, sort of th- okay. Anyway, but the clown, the clown <laughs> motel, and and heaven forbid if you were going through Tonopah. Now, of course, you got the Tonopah Hotel, which is haunted, and now they've opened up another place across the street. So you practically need a week in Tonopah just to check out all of the hotel accommodations there, because Tonopah has more interesting hotel accommodations than probably any off the beaten track town in the whole darn country. Okay, let's take a little time out here on our list of Nevada's seven weirdest wonders and uh, with Tracy and Tom, and I'm Mark Hoffman. We are the Travel Guys. We'll take a time out here and be right back with the rest of our list. Don't go anywhere. We should tell our listeners that we're, we're talking with Tracy Barnthouse. Tracy's with Travel uh, Nevada, and she is helping us go over today the list of the seven weirdest wonders of places throughout Nevada. We've, we've found a few places here on the western side of the state. Um, let's move on, Tracy, down the list. The, this is one I don't know, the Goldwell Open Air Museum. Yeah, so as you're driving, like I said, the, the road trip that's between Reno and Las Vegas, which is I-95. Okay. It, we, I traveled about, we've, we've named this road trip the Free Range Art Highway. 
So about 80% of Nevada is public land, which means that a lot of artists have been able to come to the state and express themselves via art installations out in the desert. The Goldwell Open Air Museum is one such art installation. So what you'll find is um, art pieces that are, you know, tall and big, you know, long. Um, the I would say the centerpiece of the Open Air Museum is a life-size version of da Vinci's painting of The Last Supper, which is in this white kind of plaster that really is a stark contrast to the desert background. Um, really, really interesting to see at all times of the day. Um, it also, there's a 25-foot um, woman that's constructed out of cinder blocks that you can walk around and explore. That's one of the other art installations you can check out. And it really does, um, it really does kind of come upon you, kind of like the International Car Forest. You're, you, you're driving and you see this open-air museum with these art installations kind and of just located out. And sometimes, Tom, late at night, the Last Supper <laughs> people in the Da Vinci replica there they change places oh my i've gosh. heard of i've heard this that late at night they change places whoa i'm just saying anyways near ely getting off of our our between reno and and las vegas is garnet hill tell us about garnet hill and how it got on the seven weirdest wonders list in nevada tracy yeah so you know kind of different than the other items that are on the list this one is just more of a huh i didn't know you could do that and it's something you can do. So Garnet Hill is a, you know, a recreation area where you can go out and you can find garnets just lying along the trail. So it, the, the area was scattered after the volcano erupted, you know, decades, decades ago, millions and millions of years ago. And after a rainstorm, you can be walking along the hiking trails in this recreation area and you can find garnets lying just in front of you. You can also bring your rock hammer and do some rock hounding and also actually carve them out of the hills, but they're just kind of there, which is kind of a, huh, I didn't know you can do that. So that's why we included Garnet Hill on this list. And considering that people walk through there and pick up the garnets all the time, the fact that you might come upon some is pretty cool. I see that qualifies for the list. Very cool. And just this would be the list all by itself in some states. Um, and I confess having taken a lot of groups, um, through this part of Nevada on the extraterrestrial highway, um, but I have never been to the Alien Research Center. Tell us about it in Area 51, no less. Yes, absolutely. So the area, Area 51 is in Nevada, of course. While you cannot go into Area 51, we have discouraged anyone from listening from trying to do that. It is an active military installation. But outside of Area 51, there are a number of attractions that really lean into the alien kind of world. And the Alien Research Center is one of those places. You um, will be, can be driving along and um, you come across it. There's a very large um, alien outside, a replica outside of the doors. Inside, there's lots of alien souvenirs and um, Things you can purchase to really show that you've been to the on the extraterrestrial highway. Um, it's definitely a great place to stop. I would also say that the people who operate that shop have amazing stories. So if you do make this road trip, I would encourage you to spend some time chatting with the people who work there because they have seen some crazy things out there in the desert. Cool, cool. That's you know sometimes Tom. Sometimes the best person to meet. Is you know, as Tracy has said, the people who have been there for a while, 
And so, you know, you can take this stuff at face value. You can believe it or not. But once a local person tells you that they've actually witnessed it with their own eyes, and then you start, you know, thinking to yourself, how much had they smoked? On that particular day. All right. This is great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is, I just think this is fabulous. Okay, Tracy, I have one more here on on the published list, and then I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you if there's anything oh that didn't make the list here that you that you want to recommend. This is, I've never heard of this before. This is called Fly Geyser. Yeah. So Fly Geyser is located up in the Black Rock Desert. So there's a lot of geothermal activity in Nevada, a lot of hot natural hot springs. And Fly Geyser is one of the one of those. Um, it is this 12 foot geyser that is constantly spraying water, and the minerals that make up the water that kind of run down the side of the geyser make it really rainbow pattern color, very colorful. Um, so it's a really really cool place to check out. There is a tour group called Friends of High Rock, Friends of Black Rock, Friends of High Rock that offer tour, tours of Fly Geyser, so you can get out there and check it out. Of course, it's a super protected resource that we want to take care of, so booking a tour is definitely the way to go to check that out. Wow, wow. That is, and it's, it says it's a half hour north of Gerlach on the edge of the Black yeah. Rock Desert. Help, help paint us a picture ge- geographically of where that might be. So geographically, that's probably about two hours-ish north of Reno, up in the Black Rock Desert where Burning Man Festival is held every year. So I was just going to say. I've heard that Black Rock Desert phrase somewhere. Can, Tom, think about this. This is a state where they pick, made a list of the seven weirdest wonders and Burning Man didn't make the list. Well, that's because it's not <laughs> it's not there all the time. You can't just like, you know, these other places are there all the time. So I can understand. I mean, it's an event more than... You know, and I don't think there's much to see when the people aren't there. We're talking with uh, Tracy Barnthouse. Tracy, we're going over the seven weirdest wonders list in Nevada. And now we've finished the list and we're kind of deviating a little bit here. Uh, also, Gridley Days in uh, the little town of Austin isn't on this list where they, they schlep flower bags down this long hill. How do I know this? Because I participated in this particular activity one year when we were on tours, uh, a tour. Uh, you, if, you're, if you're with a sports leisure vacations tour group and you get to Ely, then you're going to tour the Big Four one afternoon. And you'd say to yourself, well, Big Four, what is that? Well, that's a, a house of ill repute in downtown Ely. Uh. And, and we go so our folks can visit there before the business day begins, shall we say. So we have our own kind of list of and lots of ghost towns and things like that. But this is a this is like the coolest list in history. I, I, I'm just if it seems like I'm kind of gushing over, it's because I am. Tracy, is there anything that you know of? I mean, we're kind of sitting here talking about our favorite places. Is there are there places that you know of that you would have put on this list? You know, this it was hard to come out out with this first list. That's why we called it the inaugural because we plan on we plan on calling out some other places, you know, down the road. And it was hard to narrow it down because, like you said, there are a lot of unusual attractions in the state. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I would say stay tuned. There are other ones that I can think of, but I feel like I should say stay tuned for the next the the next version that comes out of this list. I think that what I'm going to have to do is take this list. Listen, if you're curious about what we've talked been talking about here for the last 15 minutes or so, travelguysradio.com, you can find a connection to the to an article that will explain all of these for you. This would be a wonderful road trip of your own, but I'm just sitting here in my mind and I'm thinking at least 6 of these fit would fit into an itinerary 
um, or you could just do a trip and go to all of the weird spots in Nevada. And plus, uh, just with these, if you visited these six, you would automatically fall into another dozen just along the way. Mm -hmm. There you go. Be waiting, folks, for uh, the announcement (laughs) of another sports leisure vacation uh, road trip, no doubt hosted by Mark. This to, is so to cool. some of these magical places uh, and, yeah. and mystery places in Nevada, I guarantee it. Tracy, I really, I, I congratulate you folks on your, uh, I was going to say your creativity, but since this stuff is all over the place in Nevada, it's just a matter of, of going out there and focusing on some things. I, I wish you luck on future lists because this Thank is just you. really cool stuff. This is this is amazing, amazingly cool stuff. Like I said, uh, you know, they say all who wonder are not lost. And... Um, there's some great things to wander around, some wonders to wander through Love in it. Nevada here. Um, TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find the list. And, Tracy, thank you so much for the, for taking the time to go over this with us. And when the next edition of Weird Nevada Wonders comes out, why, you know who to call first. You got it. I'll tell you, it just makes you want to uh, Across the state line and all kinds of crazy stuff going over in Nevada. We live so close right here in, in Sacramento. A lot of folks really have no idea about the scope of all the great greatness of the state of Nevada. Now, you guys, Mark, uh, Sports Leisure Vacations, uh, it's one of your stomping grounds. Yeah, it's it's kind of a favorite hangout. And, and I'm, as you know, I'm kind of the quirky off the beaten track you know route 66 sort of guy we have a tour that we do in nevada that we're going to do in fact this may and still have a couple i think there's still a couple three seats available on it if you are if you've watched all of those ghost story programs on tv and stuff like that and you like quirky off the beaten track places um, sports leisure is headed out to uh, ghost towns of nevada so we're going to visit things like that belmont courthouse that's being restored out in the middle of of nowhere, we're in in Tonopah. We're actually going to stay um, in one of the historic haunted hotels there, the Mitzpah, and visit a couple of others. Visit some ghost towns on the way up, Gold Point, Gold Field, uh, all kinds of cool places. Take people on a ghost hunt um, out at Good Springs, Nevada, where uh, uh, Clark Gable waited for Carol Lombard to for the, for the news to come about her airplane. So, uh, yeah, we're going to make uh, what you could really consider to be a trip that. Would talk a lot about a lot of the places this interview talked about uh, through rural Nevada uh, in May of next year. Nevada is such an interesting place, Tom, because it's got Reno and uh, to a lesser extent Carson City and Las Vegas, which are large metropolitan areas that built their reputation, of course, on gaming and entertainment, and have had to kind of shift a little bit in those areas now. And then you've got a tremendous amount of rural areas in the state. Um, you know, Highway 50, as we were talking about in the interview there, Highway 50 across Nevada, just that alone um, would be a wonderful trip to make in an automobile just to stop at all of the quirky little places in the little towns like Eureka and all, Austin, all those places along the way. Mark, of all of the different stomping grounds in uh, in Nevada that uh, that you have taken folks on, what is your favorite? Oh, wow. Well, my favorite actually was a person. And Wally has passed away. Um, Wally lived in Eureka, Nevada, and he was it was worth the whole trip into the middle of the desert just to do a tour of the Eureka Cemetery with Wally, because when he took you through the cemetery, he would tell you about people and what they had done in the town and what they were known for, you know, 
famous or infamous or otherwise. And so it was this wonderful history lesson of going through the Eureka, Nevada, which is an old little town in on Highway 50 in the middle of the state. That's pretty cool. I think that courthouse that they're restoring in Belmont, Nevada, you have to drive 45 minutes out of your way to nowhere to this old ghost town. And these people, these volunteers are working so hard to restore this old courthouse, and they're doing a pretty magnificent job of it. So if you ever get to the Tonopah area, make sure that you ask where the Belmont Courthouse is, because that's a great place to visit. Well, that's the answer I really I, I really expected from you, because, Mark, it's always been about, a lot of times, the people at the places that you visit, whether it's Route 66 or or, uh, the, or Nevada. Well, that wraps up the special uh, New Year's edition of the Travel Guys. First one of uh, 2023. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And, uh, Mark, uh, final word. Dance like nobody's watching all the time. All right, my friends. You stay well. See you next time here on the Travel Guys.